You're listening to the Built Shapes Podcast, presented by Midcoast Sports. This holiday season, give the gift of UND Athletics to your family with a subscription to Midcoast Sports Plus. The best way to watch UND basketball home and away this summer league season if you're not a Midco Cable customer or don't live in the Midco footprint. Midco Sports Plus is just $5.99 per month, and you can register now at midcoastsports.com slash streaming. This is how we do sports, and this is the Build Shaves Podcast. Yes, welcome to another edition of the Build Shaves Podcast. Episode 101, baby, coming your way on a Tuesday morning, November the 30th, the final day of November. Alex Heinert, Build Shaves here with you. Bill, happy post-Thanksgiving. How, how was your Thanksgiving weekend with the fam? Well, thanks, Alex. No, really, really good. Um, great day. And uh, really thankful for everyone that allows us to, uh, to have a day like that. So it uh, um, was great seeing you over the weekend. Um, obviously, we had a, um, just a fantastic uh, uh, series in town last week. And it was just unbelievable to see the Ralph filled, right, to, to, to really the brim. You couldn't fit anybody else in that building. It was it was up to the top row on Friday and Saturday with the Gophers in town. Yeah, really fun hockey series. We'll talk about that. We'll chat about basketball, both men's and women's hoops. Really powering through non-conference right now. Conference play begins less than a month away, which is wild. So we'll chat about that a little bit. Talk about a volleyball coaching search as well as the fact that it snowed so much in England that Spurs couldn't even play a match this last week. So that's coming up on the B side. Uh, but hockey probably is the place to start. And then that was a special weekend for UND. And again, back-to-back weekends, welcoming in you know, top teams who are your biggest rivals from the state of Minnesota. And, and both weekends played out pretty similar. T- kind of tough Friday night results with guys banged up in shorthanded lineups. And then both occasions, UND comes back with great Saturday performances to earn splits. Yeah, I, I would agree, Alex. And I, I, it seems like for sure the, uh, the Thanksgiving weekend series... Uh, was more historical in nature. I think for, for a lot of fans that, um, you know, grew up watching the, the, uh, you know, the Gophers uh, play us uh, on an annual basis. And, uh, um, you know, it's just interesting when you're no longer in the league with somebody, it it just, it, you know, um, you know, the familiarity of the programs, you know, just are not what it once was to some degree. It will always be a tremendous series. But, you know, you kind of find, you know, the couple weeks before where we see Denver all the time and we see Duluth all the time. And, uh, um, you know, it's uh, it's just kind of the evolution of where we were but um, or where we are. Uh, but it was still a great series. And, uh, you know, Minnesota is a really, really good talented team and uh you know there's just a lot of it seems like a lot of uh teams right now heading into december probably thinking hey if we can get our stuff together we can make a run it has been unique to see that across the national college hockey landscape where you see a different number one every week i mean there really are a number of teams all vying for that top spot in the hearts and minds of people around the country and there's a lot of I think there's a lot of great teams this year, and North Dakota being one, Minnesota being another. Certainly, you talk about Duluth and St. Cloud State, who North Dakota is going to play this next week, and even Western Michigan, who's now top six in the country. Like there, there's a lot of good teams, and a number of them. North Dakota's playing Quinnipiac, for example. It's you could just go down the list. You and these really tested themselves against the best in the country, and that's going to pay dividends come February, March, when we get into that part of the season. Yeah, the depth of our uh, schedule 
is unbelievable this year, uh, you know, given what's already occurred. And then as we record this on a Tuesday and we're heading to St. Cloud uh, and then finish off uh, on the road at CC, which is never easy uh, going on, uh, going on the road in the NCHC uh, and then kind of hitting a pause, but then coming right back and playing a team at Cornell that's gotten off to a tremendous start as well. So, you know, again, you're right, Alex. Um, It's just, I think, you know, we're going to find, uh, you know, weekends where, you know, I think m- maybe sometimes splits is what it's going to be to some degree because both teams are pretty talented and um, it's just challenging to sweep somebody. It, it's true. The old adage is you try and sweep at home and split on the road if you can. But with the caliber of teams that have come into North Dakota, and it's different too, again, and Bradbury will never make this excuse, but the team was was dealing with the flu two weeks ago and you're missing a couple of guys who were key guys and the rest of the, the rest of the people who were playing maybe 70% maybe you know and then guys are still dealing with that the next week and then you lose Ashton Calder out for a game and then you lose they've just dealt with so much I think and they've not been playing with the full deck I, I just was really impressed with their ability to come back on Saturday and and perform the way they did with so much fire and passion to get the, to go up three, nothing, and then get the job done in the end. That was a really impressive performance. Yeah, you're, you're hundred percent correct. Uh, certainly our coaches w- will never, um, you know, go down that path because there's a reason why you bring in, uh, you know, uh, student athletes to the program because you feel like they, they are, um, of the caliber to play here. Now, having said that, maybe they just haven't gotten the reps, and we're we're seeing it someone like in Cooper Moore, right? So yeah. like it feels like someone like him is kind of you're watching him really evolve right before us. I mean, and maybe it's more just a level of confidence. And uh, but he had a really good weekend, and that uh, will again pay dividends as you kind of go down the path. Yeah, I talked to Cooper after the game on Saturday, and I mentioned that word. Are you playing with more confidence right now? And he just said, I've just gotten more opportunity. You know, I've I've just been on the ice more. I feel more comfortable out there. And he said, this really goes back to last season. Like, I just have gotten my feet wet a little bit. And it really uh, was evident on Saturday's game, especially. But in the last two weekends, he's been one of their best defensemen, and they needed him to be. And that's, that's what's so cool about college athletics, especially, is that you can see these young men and women develop over the course of their careers. When Cooper started last year as a freshman, he was a young freshman defenseman thrown into the best college league in the country. And he's figuring it out on the fly. And it didn't always go so well, you know, and the fact that he's gone from that to being now a sophomore kid that is playing big minutes in a top four role and looks the part, like looks like a guy that was a draft pick and was highly thought of in the USHL and was a BCHL rookie candidate. Like that's this is the guy that we're seeing now. And it's just so cool to see that light bulb come on and you get to watch that progression. Sometimes it takes four years. Sometimes it takes maybe a semester, but whichever. It's so much fun to see these kids start to develop and, and fulfill some of their potential. And that certainly is the case with number four, who's wearing white and Kelly green right now. Yeah. You know, in, in, you know, when you, when you lose a player uh, for a weekend of uh, Jake Sanderson's caliber, there's just a lot of minutes to be had. I mean, so th- at that point in time, someone's got to kind of scoop them up and go with it. And uh, that's what we've seen. And it's uh, it's exciting to see. And yeah, I think if you're, boy, 10, 10, 11, 12 teams around the country right now, I think you're probably thinking, hey, uh, we just got to keep things going and g- keep getting better here. But, uh, you know, each week, it just seems like... Uh, 
it's one top 10 team after another. And uh, um, just just fascinating. And, you know, if you're in the East Coast and you're uh, in the ECAC or even Hockey East, you're sometimes not having to deal with the back-to-backs against the same team. And so I, I just think the challenge uh, of playing the same team twice, um, it's kind of like playing those, you know, uh, road and home, uh, you know, soccer matches that become challenging. And, but, but it's like one big long event and you have to kind of figure it out with a big break in the middle where you have to then kind of regroup or uh, it's just, it's, it's fascinating. And not everybody in the country has to deal with that. You bring up a really good point. Cause on the East coast, it's mostly you play one team on a Friday and the proximity of the schools is such that you can travel across town or just, you know, go to the, you go to, you go to Western Massachusetts and you hit up a couple of teams, you go across Boston, you play, you're playing two different teams and that presents its own set of challenges. And I've heard coaches talk about that. Like you can't even really scout for your second team until Friday after game one is over and you got to flip, flip the switch and gear up, whatever. But it is different when you are facing the same opponent who now has, Maybe a little extra motivation, depending on what happened on night number one, who's going up against you on night number two. It is interesting. Two different ways of doing things based on geography. And I, I don't know which one's better or easier. I think both both difficult, but certainly both different challenges that college hockey presents. Yeah, I, I think there's a... Uh... It, it, you're right, Alex. It, 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 I'm not sure one's better than the other. I, I just think they're just different. And I think maybe back to, you know, we started this conversation with rivalry. I, I think, you know, sometimes if you're going to play someone for 120 minutes or more on a weekend, mm, that's going to provide a rivalry. What do we always say? I mean, familiarity breeds contempt. And especially in a sport like this, when you're going at each other 100 miles an hour for long periods at a time and it's physical and then there's history behind it as well. And so, and you, and you saw that come up. I mean, I thought both teams played pretty clean, really. There really weren't too many incidents, one or two. I mean, there, there were, there were a few, there were a couple, but uh, for the most part, guys kept their heads. And I think that's part of it because they hadn't played each other for two years and there isn't this four times a year, maybe six times a year, depending on what's going on with postseason. They just don't see each other very much. And they won't. They will, of course, next year, which is great. I think UND is still on the schedule for Minnesota and Mariucci next year, and then back in the Ralph the following season. So at least we still have a couple more years of this. But uh, regardless of all those extra things, it was still really fun to see these two teams together again. And I think you talked to the guys. They were excited for it. And it lived up to the hype. They were really two well-played college hockey games. And you will certainly see these two teams I think in the postseason and contending for a national championship come April. Yeah, I would agree. And I, and I think to some degree each year, uh, I think records will be, you know, depending on the team uh, in, in the year and however that goes. I, I think this is kind of more of like an NHL playoff type of deal. I think you're going to see teams having lost some games. There's no question about it because there's, there's just, I think, a, a, a very uh, high level of talent on on teams that you're playing that it's just a lot to ask to go into sweet mode each each week not not that you can't do it but i just think you know you're going to have to continue to be resilient throughout the year because you're going to have results that someone uh you know unfortunately has taken it to you to some degree so then it's kind of how do you rebound and then what will be fascinating as we all know if you're ever lucky enough to make the tournament you got to win four in a row and only one, t- only one team does that. That's correct. It's tough. It's tough to do. And we always say it. The best team doesn't always win in that format. Sometimes you get surprises. But the team that typically is battle-tested and you know finds a way 
you know, gets the job done. And that's, it's not saying that that team's not worthy because they are, that's a, that's a difficult tournament to try and win. And so that's what this North Dakota team is trying to do. Uh, a couple last things on hockey. You mentioned the sweeps. It does bring up, you know, I, I know difficult it is to sweep. It reminds me how impressive it was that North Dakota swept Denver and swept Miami to open up NCHC play and how important those two sweeps will probably be when you look at the Penrose Cup standings in the end. It's not easy to do that. Home against the top 10 team and on the road against the team that's always tough to beat in their barn. The fact that you and you started the conference play 4-0, that's going to pay dividends over the course of this NCHC season, especially now as UND dips back into the conference to finish out the first half with a couple of difficult tests with St. Cloud and CC on the way. Yeah, you know, and again, I, I you know, our, our team is so good about being just focused on what's ahead of them, but you're right. I mean, you can lock into the next two weekends. We got four left uh, before the break until we uh, play on January 1st uh, against the U.S. team. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we just got to keep playing our style. I think we know what our style is. Um, and you probably say this about, any team, right? When we're not shorthanded, um, you know, we have a better chance. And, you know, there's a differential between Friday and Saturday night. I think uh, close to 10 minutes, we were in shorthanded mode, whereas on Saturday night was less than two. So, you know, if you're going to play even strength, I like our chances. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. You mentioned Team USA. That's the national team development program was coming January 1st. We had a Team USA legend in the house on Saturday night. And that was really special. Dave Christian did one more shift, did a lap around the rink. Looked like he could have played a little bit. I mean, Dave's in his 60s and looked pretty sharp out there. Uh, We had a chance to interview him during intermission on Saturday night. Like just a gem and an American hero, really, who played for UND in the late 70s. That was pretty cool. I I just love that the Ralph and UND have done this now the last couple of years. And it's a special, special thing for the guys, for the fans, and certainly for the individual who gets to come back and relive that experience one more time. Yeah, I, you know, I think we're, uh, you know, sensitive to, 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 I'll say, not overplaying our hand, if you will, and do it, you know, thoughtfully throughout the year. But Jody and his crew and our marketing folks, Nicole, and and uh, you know, they do just a great job with this. And uh, yeah, seeing Dave back was awesome. And uh, you know, I was 14 years old when uh, you know Team USA won in uh, in '80, and so yeah, they that whole team. Uh, you know, really raised a nation at the end of the day. If you look at it, you know, from a history standpoint and kind of where we were and uh, um, it was just amazing. And, uh, you know, they're just, they were, they were young kids. They were young kids um, that, you know, had a, had a goal and, you know, they found a way, uh, you know, in that case scenario, wasn't a best of seven against the Russians. Probably that's good. And so at the end of the day, it was one. It was a one it was deal. One. It's almost like the NCAA tournament, right? It's just like it. It's not a best of five. It's not a best of three. It's it's one game. And, uh, you know, we hung on there uh, and uh, and found a way to win. And then had to come back and beat Finland. That's right. That People forget Yeah, they, they, that job wasn't done that night, but pretty cool to talk to one of the heroes of that particular team who led that team in assists that year in 1980 and uh, just a great man, world Minnesota native. So that was really cool to see him and get to chat with him a little bit and uh, a real thrill, I think, for our team and for our fans that night. Yeah. And then they uh, flip the calendar. We're going to have Ed Belfour back and, and have him do uh, one last, uh, one last, one final, whatever you want to call it, shift. And uh, um, that should be awesome as well. So uh, yeah, should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Can't wait. I think that's coming up in January against St. Cloud State end of the month. It is. is, is that's exactly nice. right. That's exactly right. 
our first goalie one more shift. So we'll see if he dons the eagle helmet. I'm curious. I'm really interested to see what that's going to look like, but it will be fun. That will be a really, really cool thing to see. I, I don't know anything. I think wouldn't you go to the crease and just start messing up the crease? I mean, what are we doing here? I think Zach Driscoll would probably be okay with it if Ed wants to do that. I think Ed can do whatever he wants to. Yeah, it's like going to the uh, pitcher's mound, right? Picking up the rosin bag. (laughs) Kind of flipping it around. Yep, yep. No, I love it. That will be a lot of fun. So I can't wait for that. Our next one, uh, which is coming up in January. Flipping the page from hockey to the hardwood. Again, both the men and women on the road with holiday tournaments and non-conference play in recent weeks. Uh, the men down in Florida got the opener against Troy in the Paradise Classic and then dropped the next couple. Some pretty tight games. Uh, certainly the UT Martin game where, where we were up for quite a bit and then just saw the lead slip away. Same thing with FIU, Florida International. That was the game where North Dakota led almost throughout and then just went cold at the wrong time. And that cold shooting carried over to Manhattan on Sunday uh, with a difficult loss to Kansas State. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, liken, uh, you're correct, to the FIU game, and it felt like the Bucknell game on the ladies' side, very similar, about 30, you know, uh, everything into the last media timeout, and, you know, then it gets really real, right, and you have to close it out. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we didn't close either of those games out. And that's why, you know, you play some of these games, right? I mean, we played, um, it was a really good tournament down in Florida for us because we played some teams that were different, different than us, but I felt like in, in maybe the same weight class if that makes sense. And it was on neutral floors. And then we kind of went to FIU on, on, a, on a road game, had a shot and just didn't get it done. And you're right, Manhattan. Um, I just don't think we'll see a shooting effort like that the rest of the season. I, I just, it was one of those weird days that, you know, we were three for 31 from three. And I would say there was maybe three or four shot clock, end of shot clock type um, shots. So of the 27, I think about 22 to 23 were really pretty good looks. And so just kind of knock them down. Just got to knock half of them down. And then all of a sudden you're rolling. And then even that, then it extended to the free throw line. Um, you know, so it just, it, it's just, it's sort of snowballed. I, I think if you've played competitive sports, you've probably played in a game like that, both for you and against you. And uh, when it goes against you, it just feels like you're just really pushing that rock uphill. Oh, like what was it? Icarus trying to push the, no, that's Icarus was with the uh, wings. What am I thinking of? Sisyphus? Yeah. <laughs> too I, many, too many old Greek parables that I can't remember which one. It, well, one of them in, 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 it's never good when the <laughs> stone is a lot bigger than you. It's not great. Regardless of what your name is, if you're Greek and you're pushing a stone up a mountain, it's it's not a good story. You don't want to be that guy. You, no, you I, I, I'm not sure. Yes. And then at the end of the day, uh, playing a power five school, that's actually playing pretty, pretty well that day. I, I thought they, um, I talked to Coach Sather a little bit, and I know that they were, you, you know, what's interesting, Alex, is when basketball starts, so let's let's go a little deeper here so basketball is here at, during the summer months at least for one of the uh uh academic um uh semesters or mini semesters or whatever for like a you know four or eight week period and so you've got that then you come to campus and you've got a lot of, you know, you have your eight-week segment, eight-hour segment, and then you have your 20-hour segment. But what's tricky is, so you're doing a lot of stuff with each other. But really, when you need the practice, 
is after you've played teams. And then when you start playing games, you know, we're on the road a lot. And so really when he needs probably, I'll call it laboratory time, you know, you probably have to kind of figure that one out. And right now, I I guarantee you, he wishes he could pause right now. Same with Mal and adjust some things. But just right now, you're just going ahead to the next opponent and figuring it out. But even the ball screens, how we, how we defended ball screens against uh, Kansas State, let's just say this was a work in progress. And they took advantage of it. And, and so good for them. That's what good teams do. But it's just interesting when, when, when basketball starts, you like go from zero to 100. And you never get the time to just pause. Antonio Conte, uh, B-side, uh, you know, he wants time to just be on the practice pitch right now to kind of institute his structure. And at the end of the day, once you get uh, data like we have right now, now you want to be on the practice court. So uh, anyway, long, long to be said, once we get by this, I think, California trip um, for the men anyways, and then the ladies come back after we play tonight against Siena tomorrow or the next day when you hear this pod, you'll know if we've won that game or not. Um, I think they might have some time at home to kind of figure it out. That is what the calendar says, and that'll be big. Both the men and women playing yet today again, the 30th on Tuesday, the men at home, the women on the road in New York. And then, as you mentioned, the men going to California for a couple of games out there. But then after that, things kind of settle a bit. Big game against Eastern Washington at home coming up on December the 11th. Actually, three games in a row here to finish out non-conference and then summer league play starts on the 22nd for the men and then for the women against kind of a similar story they'll be out east for a bit and then milwaukee game in in between there against marquette but then a couple of home games in the mix before they start on the 22nd both games against north dakota state with summer league play so there's a a will window there where both teams will be in the state of north dakota a chance to go back into the lab and work on a few things and there there are positive things to certainly build on just a matter of now getting together having the practice time to figure it out no doubt and and it really not an excuse just the matter of fact i mean and in the way we're set up uh, is there's just a lot of road games that are going to be played to some degree. And so so we, we just have to um, kind of on the fly work on some things. And then hopefully you're able to get all of those data points right now. Then you can almost digest as we hit into Summit League play, which then it gets a bit more consistent, right? That, then you're into the Thursday, Saturday piece, much like what hockey, you know, the one thing hockey does, which is awesome, they kind of always play on the weekends. And so if they were kind of rolling and playing Tuesday night, Friday night, you know, Monday night, I, I, it just it would disrupt how you can prepare. And then when you have to take a deep dive, look at your own team and figure some things out, you almost can't do it because you have to prep for the next team. I'm so thankful that we are doing travel partners this year. And that there's, it's a Thursday, Saturday, consistent schedule. Again, big win for the Chaves crew to make that happen in the summit league meetings. Big victory there. It's going to be good. I, I, good I, for everybody. I, I, there, there, there's a lot of things, um, I don't weigh in on because I tend to think it's more like 5248, you know, 5347. That one was a hundred zero for me. That was like, I, I, I was, I was going to talk because again, if you haven't experienced it, I just think you need to experience it before you poo poo it. Because at the end of the day, boy, it is first and foremost, it's the best for our students. They get consistency. 
they really get consistency and that is huge and and you know the differential between um the summit and the big sky you know there's some of these trips where you can bus home after that saturday game and i'll tell you what now you're home let's just say midnight ish and all of a sudden now now you have a shot going into the next week school wise making sure you're home on a sunday i mean there's just a lot of pieces to it we were excited for that to begin coming up December the 22nd, Summit League play just around the corner. Both the men and women, by the way, start with North Dakota State, South Dakota, and South Dakota State. What a great way to oh, get ready for oh. the Summit. Welcome. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that will be fun. Love those rivalries. So that'll be great. So those things are just around the corner for Paul Sather and Mallory Bernhard. Uh, on the flip side, too, another team that just wrapped up their season again, both the Hockey season is in full swing. Basketball really ramping up. We obviously just finished out some of our fall sports. Uh, Cross country, Caldwell Brawski had a really nice message on Twitter just kind of thanking the team for their efforts this past year and and Kyle's interim stint as the head coach of that program. Just so cool to see. They've now kind of put their season behind them and are moving in to get ready for indoor uh, volleyball as well. Wrapping up their season a couple of weeks ago, we just saw South Dakota crowned summer league tournament champions in, in a great tournament down in Vermilion. They, they beat Omaha in the title game. You're in the midst of kind of figuring out who the next coach of UND volleyball is going to be bill. Yeah. He- heading uh, in a different direction. I think, uh, you know, we certainly, uh, um, you know, look forward to, to getting back in the mix. Um, you know, that's, uh, you know, something I think we, we can do, we should do, we will do. And so uh, you're right. Um, you know, there's always the, the process uh, being a state agency. There's, there's always the HR process that we've got to follow. And that's what we're in the midst of right now. But uh, yeah, we look forward to, uh, to naming our next head coach. One thing for UND volleyball fans to take heart in, like this, this could be a pretty quick turnaround. Like I think we've seen South Dakota state in the summit league go from being a team that, Gosh, a couple of years, one, two games, you know, one, five games really struggled, you know, to win matches and you hire the right person that can elevate a program. And they were in the semifinals and pushed USD to five sets just this past weekend. And so that's a good example of, of a program who used to be good, fell on hard times, got the right person in there. And now are suddenly, you know, a team that's going to be vying for titles each season. North Dakota, not that far removed from being that team. So we, we wish you the best of luck as you and the staff make those decisions on who's going to be the next candidate to lead that particular program. On the football side as well, again, football finishing up their season last week, again, speaking to South Dakota State, another tough loss of by three points that just came down to the wire. You know, essentially the season in microcosm, another, another game on the road against a ranked team that could have gone your way. And just didn't quite fall in the right direction in the end. So tough, tough one for the crew, but they finished five and six and now are gearing up for signing day, which is just in two weeks. So we'll have a big signing day special coming up live on Midco Sports on December the 15th to kind of welcome in the new class. Uh, as you look at this crew, I guess, first of all, just kind of your your final exit talk with with Bubba and some of the guys as they wrapped up the season. What was kind of the word from him and, and his thoughts as, as things wrapped up this year? Yeah, pretty, pretty uh, you know, tough season, I, I would say emotionally just going through all of those games and being so tight and unfortunately uh you know not being on uh, on the right side of them you know when you when you're dealing with a three and five season in the valley and all five of your losses are less than uh, a touchdown that's that's tough that that's a you know and you know i i was really proud of the team uh you know their performance down in brookings and uh you know i i i watched uh you know some of the uh, fcs playoffs uh over the thanksgiving weekend and i i i would say what my eyes told me um 
the team that played in Brookings two weeks ago was pretty good, uh, you know, relative to what transpired in Brookings this past week. And so, you know, but here's the deal, as we know, we have to find ways to get it done in the conference, because once you do that, you know, you can play with anybody in the country. And so uh, exit meetings are occurring right now. And, you know, you'll see some folks that, you know, will decide, you know, potentially, hey, maybe there's a better spot for me somewhere else that that could happen. Um, I think, you know, in reverse, I think there'll be others that probably will see an opportunity here. Um, and uh, obviously signing day is coming up as well. So, um, yeah, just just your normal uh, end of year type of, you know, movement, I guess, coupled with COVID with the extra year and then the portal of we've talked about those five sports that are kind of new to the game where you don't have to sit out the year. So I still think we're, you know, kind of in a new world in that regard. So, uh, you know, won't be surprising if we have some folks, you know, that potentially are are looking to maybe depart. But then I also think you're going to see some folks that will uh, come into Grand Forks. Yeah, two-way street in that regard. And I know this year, especially because you've got kind of the first full year where people have had that opportunity to make those decisions after a fall season. There already have been some rumblings of different people putting their names in the portal, things like that. But I think, yeah, fans need to remember that these are students that have the opportunity to go try something else and um, to not begrudge them for making those decisions and to celebrate the kids that come back or the ones who join your program. And you trust the coaching staff to make the right decisions, to bring good people in. And that's that's all you can hope for. So hopefully, again, it's there's just so many moving pieces. And I, I just don't envy our coaching staff who has to sort of re-recruit the current players and then bring in new people from a freshman perspective. And also look at the portal and see, okay, who's out there and who's maybe interested in coming and helping our team. Just so many moving parts for these guys. To yeah, I, you know, I, you know, I'll look at it this way, Alex. I, you know, I think our coaches, and I appreciate this. I think they're pretty candid with our our students and and about maybe what roles they see uh, or envisioning moving forward. And then I think it's up to you know the student to decide. Hey, is that the role I, I envisioned for myself or not? And and maybe if not, then uh, maybe there's another opportunity somewhere else. And then again, vice versa. I, I still think there's some folks out there probably eye, eyeballing, you know, our our opportunity here and be and say, ooh, you know, I, I, if I go there, maybe I can, you know, either get more playing time, whatever it is, I, I, whatever it is, scheme wise, the scheme fits me better. I, I don't know what the answer is. Could be academic major, right? All of a sudden. I, I decided I wanted to do X and it's not at my school. So, you know, a lot of the times it's relative to the sport itself, of course, but um, not always. Things to watch in in the weeks and months ahead. So again, we are excited to have another hour-long live signing day special coming up on Wednesday, December the the 15th. We'll chat with Bubba and with the coaching staff and get to meet some of the new guys who are joining the program for 2022, which is wild to say. Uh, So those things will be coming up. Uh, just because we're talking about college football, it's this is maybe a bit of a B-side topic, but what a wild week, Bill, in just major college football. Like a couple days ago, things were kind of sort of settled, I guess, and, and then all of a sudden the apple cart gets shaken and Lincoln Riley's going to USC and Brian Kelly's going to LSU. And these are just huge dominoes falling. It's just kind of a reminder that things that you think are pretty stable at huge programs not, not always necessarily the case. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. Yeah. So the, uh, I, you know, I think anytime you make a decision, you don't know how it's going to play out till it plays out. Maybe the unintended consequences of the early signing day 
was the movement of coaches right around this time frame to solidify their, their uh, recruiting classes. But the consequence is you potentially are leaving the team that you literally are coaching currently, which that's a juxtaposition that's tough. It's a hard one. It's a hard one, especially it seemed like Notre Dame that could make the playoff. I mean, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that, of making that decision. It's, it's interesting. So I don't know how to solve that. I think there's two ways of doing it. Doing what we did before, which was first Wednesday in February, let's just say, that tended to kind of even some things out in a sense because things weren't happening now. Or you move it up, right? Could be September, August, I don't know, October. I, I, I don't know when the right date is, but maybe maybe it's during the season it is the time frame. I, I don't know that answer, but I think that's the conversation that needs to be had right now because this time frame right now doesn't feel great. Not, not so much. No, to see coaches bail on seems sort of no. right after the the quarter the regular season essentially ends. We've got you know champion college championships are going on this week, bowl games are right around the corner, and you've got so much. Mo- and again, those are just two examples. There are a lot of other coaching changes that have taken place over the course of the country. It's just it is interesting right now in major college football, and that trickle down effect is we're seeing that in the FCS too. I mean. Delaware firing their head coach and just there is just a lot of change it's just a never-ending landscape and sometimes good just isn't good enough in college football yeah I I don't know I th- I, I do think though it, it it probably falls back to that decision which was I think in its in its um in its narrow window was a good decision because it felt like February was so far off and, 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 and there was a lot of like stuff going on in that regard too. So I don't know. I, I just think maybe October's the time frame. Okay. I could, I could see that. No harm and try to throw something out there like that. So we'll see. We'll see if they take her and tweak. That's right. Ahead. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Bill, anything else on your plate? Anything else going on from a UND or an NCAA perspective that I missed? No, I think we can uh, flip to quick B-side. And uh, there's a lot of uh, baseball uh, salaries being uh, paid out and not much of them in uh, Beantown. <laughs> we are. Uh, that's not a buyer's market right now in Boston. They're just keeping the money close to the vest. That's okay. We, we didn't need Max Scherzer for $130 million or whatever and Byron Buxton or Corey Seager. Any of these other guys who are Ray, any of these guys who are signing huge deals. It's crazy. Texas and Seattle and Detroit. New York and Detroit. <laughs> Toronto. A lot of money being spent. Yes, I know. None, none by Boston, but what do you do? I, I'm surprising. actually I'm actually good. I, I um you know, we know where Heim's gonna go. He's gonna go to the uh um he's gonna go to the discount rack. And he's going to bring in a lot of those folks, although they're talking about bringing in maybe somebody at some point. Uh, we'll see. But I think they wanted to see how things shake out first. And it's kind of interesting. The Yankees haven't jumped in either. They have not. No, they have not. They've been quiet as well. And, and you know, the, the Mets cracked me up. Like, uh, sure. <laughs> Something tells me it's just not going to work. Just, just, just a hunch. Perhaps built on all these years of history. I, I just go ahead, knock yourself out. Yeah, I, I I agree. I agree. So you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, I don't know if 
Toronto is, I guess they're a little bit less than right now and they lost Ray and who had a great year. Right. And, and uh, lost Seaman as well. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I, I, I guess we're talking lockout though. So I think that's why all this movement's occurring right now. Guys are trying to get paid. Yep. Before things maybe shut down. It's interesting. Yeah. You hear buzz about that. There's been talk about that for a while and it seems like both sides are pretty set in their ways of what they want. And that's not usually a great spot to be in going into negotiations when your contract essentially is up. So no. we'll see how it all goes down. The other thing that we talk about a lot of times, I, 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 so your football teams, I'll call it on the ascent. And I believe mine's on the descent. And so uh, the uh, I, I'm not sure, number one, if we're going to be favored in any more games the rest of the year. And I'm not sure we win another game. I here, Here's what I would do. Truly, can we see what Haskins has? And I, I know what the answer is, but I, ex- I at least want to see it because whatever that was on, on Sunday was not good. Yeah, I think I think Ben's time is probably done. That's we done. I'll agree. I think that that ship is, is sailed and that's OK. Mace, Mason, I know what we have with him. We, we have a pretty good feel for what Mason Rudolph brings to yep. the table. Not great. Nope. So probably OK. That's, uh, you know, you don't need you don't need to see any more there. I think, yeah, for them, it's such a unique – they're in a unique spot. Like I said, Haskins, obviously, former first-round pick, didn't work out in Washington for a number of reasons. You know, I mean, I suppose you could say – I mean, why not, really? Like, right now, you really don't have – obviously, you could could you get hot and have a chance to make the playoffs? Of course, seven teams make it this year. It's still pretty wide open, the AFC. But realistically, your defense is so banged up. You You don't really have a quarterback right now. And you do play a very difficult stretch here with Baltimore, at Minnesota, Tennessee, Kansas City, Cleveland, Baltimore. Those are all playoff teams that you've got to face over the month of December and January. So I feel like I feel like it's probably not going to happen. So might as well see what you've got in Dwayne Haskins and then decide if he needs to draft a quarterback in the first round next year or make a move in the offseason. It's, it's better than any other plans that you might possibly have, I think, right now based on the, the personnel you've got in that position. It's pretty, it's pretty simple. The uh, um, you, you've got to figure out who your quarterback's going to be and, and go from there. And uh, unfortunately, you know, I, I don't know. I think they'll probably have to do a stopgap at some point. They're probably a, like a Garoppolo or something like that, depending. I mean, that's what's going to end up happening, I think. But who knows? Because when they're healthy defensively, they're okay. Um, it, it just uh, – their offensive line's not that great. And so they're better off probably getting a stopgap and then trying to fix their offensive line. You're in a tough spot because, again, you're you're too good to be in the contention for like a top five pick, but you're but you're not good enough to contend for the playoffs, and that's hard. I think in football, you you're kind of Ooh. right in the middle Bad of the road. Bad place to be. So Bad place only, to be. The only way that works out is if maybe the best quarterback in the draft just happens to fall to you at 15. And you turn your franchise around in one off season. Do <laughs> you see what I did there, Bill? Do you see what I did? I, I saw it. I heard it. I, I believe, um, if you believe pundits, I, I believe that's who really Kyle Shanahan wanted. Mm. That's what I, you know, now they traded up. Now maybe Trey will be, you know, however, he needs a year and whatever. I get it all. And and, and we'll see what he turns into. Obviously, he's a great athlete. Um, and uh, But, you know, it seems like uh, there was more reps with Mac, right? To some degree? A little bit. Yep, a little bit. So he's he's certainly looked the most NFL ready. And the team's done a nice job of ha- having him achieve success. They've set him up for success this season. 
But yeah, I think uh, whatever happened there, you know, whether they moved up to take Mac Jones and then they just got persuaded internally that maybe Trey Lance was the guy. And like you said, he could still certainly be an all-pro type quarterback. Of course. For this season right now, though, the early returns are that New England's got a guy that's going to lead him to the playoffs and maybe to the one seed, as crazy as that sounds. And is for in his freshman season. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, uh, I yeah, I'm just uh, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know, what, row, Bill. You, Big game against Buffalo coming up. We'll learn a lot more about this team Monday night uh, in Western New York. I we can will see. I can tell you where you did not want to be on Sunday is Burnley. <laughs> oh man. Did you see the the poor fan who went from Dallas yeah. to Burnley? Yeah. It was a 31-hour travel day to make it to watch Spurs play Burnley. And they arrive, and the game is called off well, because of the snow. As a typical Spurs fan, he, he it handled it spectacularly and basically said, really, it's about the camaraderie to be with other Spurs fans. Because at the end of the day, if you put all your eggs in the actual result basket, I'm not sure that's where you'd want to be. But yeah, it was awesome. And then did you see the response by Harry Kane? Oh, no, I did not. Yeah, he he basically came back and said, hey, that is too bad. But next time you're in London, you're my guest. Hey, there you go. Well, that's that's kind of cool. A nice little something. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's good. Um, yeah, that was a, uh, that was tricky because, uh, even, uh, I guess in, uh, we'll call it, um, in the middle of the country geographically, they were having some snow too. Right. I think, uh, they were encountering that in the, uh, maybe the man city game. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, man city West Ham. Yeah. A lot of snow. Yeah. Players were talking about how difficult it was. People were saying, why wasn't the orange ball out? Those sorts of things. It's, it's a weird, that doesn't happen very often, especially no. in November. Like that's, that's usually festive fixture type stuff. You know, once or twice a year you get that. So really unique weather that they're having over in England. Yeah. It made for some interesting viewing, obviously not for Spurs fans who didn't get to watch their team this weekend, which was maybe, maybe that was okay. I don't know. It, hey, after we lost a Murrah, <laughs> on Thanksgiving, which that's where that's how I started my Thanksgiving with a uh, um, a loss to Murrah. Um, that wasn't awesome, and uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we're going to make it through at this point in time. There's a chance that we don't. So I don't know. I and then you go back to: Do you want to make it through? That's that's the tricky part of all. Isn't that crazy? That's like it was hard for me to get my head around. You know, you really have these debates to some degree because there's so much you're going to put on the odometer. It's almost a matter, though, of like the balance between you take the games off the calendar, which is nice if you don't make it out of the conference. But then also there's the shame of not making it out of the conference that you have to live with. I know. Especially the first year. That, that'd, be a tough, that'd be a tough one to wear around the old neck. But uh, either way. Hey, I mean, it'll always be the JV squad essentially playing these games until you get to the very end if you do make it. So there, there at least is that. You won't have your first team necessarily traveling to Slovenia and to Hungary and various other places around Europe. Well, I, I would like to say that we didn't, but we did. And that didn't work out so great. But then again, when you're playing with 10 men, that's probably not awesome either. Not not the best. Not, not ideal. Let's just say that. Not ideal. And so um, let's put it this way. I think um, Antonio Conte is getting to know his, uh, his team. I think there's going to be some movement in the January transfer window. But then again, I don't know how many uh, players are really available during that time. It seems like a lot less, right? 
you, you have to pay more for less in January. Oh. You don't usually you don't usually get the guy you want, and you should, you have to pay quite a bit more for the guy you really don't want, but kind of talk yourself into. That's usually how the January transfer window works out. Yeah, so I I don't know where this is all going. I know we're having some. I think I think there's some uh, fixtures starting even today in the uh, Premier League. Uh, tomorrow. Yep. So midweek. Yep. Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday tomorrow. Okay. Week. Yep. So full slate tomorrow. Yeah. They around the holidays. You always kind of get some random midweek games coming up. You got to keep the eye on. Speaking of consistency, you got to keep an eye on the calendar because you don't know when these games are going to take place. We yeah, some big ones. Merseyside Derby tomorrow. Some other big matches as well in the EPL. So should be fun. Kind of fun when these pop up every once in a while. Yeah. No. No doubt about it. So it should be good. We've got Brentford this week uh, on Thursday. So uh, they they've been tricky. Tricky. Okay. They're tricky. Yeah, they beat beat Everton this last. They week. did. They've got, they've got uh, a good thing going. Yeah, yep. like they're. I like what they uh, what they bring to the table. And how's your Liverpool doing in Champions League? Have they made it through? All good. Perfect record. Ooh. Hammered Porto last week, so they they were through even after four rounds. So they're in leading their group. It was a really really they had a tricky group too because they had not just Porto, who's a good team from Portugal. They had Atletico Madrid and AC Milan. Mm. And these are all teams. Oh that no, are those are all those against. are tricky ones, especially on the road. Especially on the road, it's it's tough. So the fact that they they cruise through qualifying, that was really nice. They can rest some guys now for the final round and then get ready for the round of sixteen. Got it. Got it. Well, I think that's it. I I think we are. Uh, I think the B side um, has, has has fleshed itself out at this point in time. Especially, <laughs> I, I just I just need Conte to look at the team and kind of figure them out. He will. Too good of a manager to not get it going. So yep. you'll be fine. It'll be fun. You'll enjoy it. Back to the top next year. <laughs> sure. Oh, I love it. Well, that's going to do it for episode 101. Bill, always a good time. Enjoy the rest of your week, all right? You too, Alex. For Bill Shaves, for Casting Isles, our producer, I'm Alex Heiner. Again, we hope you had a great Thanksgiving out there. Enjoy December. Keep supporting you in the athletics home and away in the weeks to come. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.